Behind every good story is an interesting person. This is Person of Interest with Q102's Jeff Thomas. Clerk of Courts isn't exactly considered a sexy, high-profile political job, but that was before Aftab Pureval was elected Clerk of Courts in Hamilton County. Young, bright, handsome, and a little self-deprecating, this guy is everywhere. If you happen to have attended a downtown charity event, fundraiser, or social gathering of young professionals, you probably run into him. He's engaged in the community, extremely well-liked, and some say the biggest Democratic threat to Ohio's Republican stronghold in decades. In fact, just recently, he announced his candidacy for Congress, challenging longtime Republican incumbent Steve Chabot in the race for Ohio's 1st District. So who is this guy, and what's his story? Aftab Pureval is this week's Person of Interest. Let's start with the question I'm going to guess you get asked the most. Who the hell are you and where did you come from? <laughs> do you get that a lot? I do. Uh, the, I'm the Hamilton County Clerk of Courts. Uh, and when I was, and this is all new to me, politics is all new to me. And when I was out on the campaign trail, the two questions I got asked most often were number one, what is the Clerk of Courts, right? Because yes. no one has any idea what the heck that is. It's just not relevant to a lot of people's lives. And number two, what is an AFTAB? Is that uh, is that a prescription? Is that a is right. that a PNG product? Um, and you're famous for that. You're famous for your political ad when you were running for clerk of courts. It was kind of a play on the famous Aflac commercials with the duck. Yeah, and my story, um, as with everyone else's story, really starts with my parents. Uh, I'm the son of a refugee. My mom was born in Tibet, and she was forced to flee her home country when the communist Chinese took over. So my mom and my grandparents made their way through the Himalayas, through Nepal, and into India, where she grew up as a refugee. Against all odds, she got an education. She made it to college, uh, where she met my crazy dad, uh, who was from India, and the young couple got married. Um, And after graduating, uh, they decided they wanted to come to the new world. They wanted to come to the United States. So my dad looked at a map of our great country, and from sea to shining sea, from New York to California. This man literally could have gone anywhere, and he chose Beaver Creek, Ohio. Wow, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, of amazing one word for it. Why right. Beaver Creek, do yeah. you think? Did he ever tell you why? He, he Well, we had uh, an uncle who was living in Xenia, Ohio, and you go to where you know somebody. Sure. Uh, and so that's what, he was the only person he knew in the country. Uh, they didn't know anyone else. They had no money. Um, Did they speak the language? Yes, they spoke oh, the language. Helps. My dad's first job was bagging groceries. They worked hard. Uh, I was born a couple years later um, in 1982 in Beaver Creek, Ohio, born and raised. I went to public schools, then off to Ohio State, um, where I went to college. Came down to Cincinnati uh, for the first time to attend the University of Cincinnati College of Law. Um, and then my career, my legal career just kind of took off from there. Did you always have aspirations to eventually get into politics? Yeah. So I was, um, I was student body president of Ohio State's undergraduate, uh, uh, class and that's about, you know, 50,000 students. So it's, it's, it's akin to being on city council of a, of a mid That's a sign right there that you're seriously looking at Yeah. That, so I've it? always been passionate about public service. I've always felt even at a young age, and I think it's, because of how my parents brought me up, taking me to soup kitchens as a kid, I really understood the public service was the best opportunity to make a meaningful difference in the community. 
Uh, I knew that as a young age, um, and I know that today uh, as I kind of pursue being the clerk of courts uh, and politics in general. So you graduate from Ohio State. You come back here. I attended the UC College of Law, and while in law school, I worked at the Legal Aid Domestic Violence Clinic representing battered women who couldn't afford an attorney. Uh, And after law school, I moved to uh, D.C. I also worked uh, while in law school at the Warren County Domestic Relations Court. So family law, domestic violence is something that I I, I was and am very passionate about. But I moved to Washington, D.C. to work at a massive law firm, um, and I was there for four years practicing antitrust litigation, which is about as interesting as it sounds. But I got homesick. I, I wanted to come back to Cincinnati, wanted to come back to Ohio. Um, I'm half Indian, half Tibetan. I look Hawaiian, but I'm all Ohio. So I, I moved back and I served. Um, I was a special assistant United States attorney for the Department of Justice in Cincinnati and in Dayton, which is a fancy way of saying I was a federal prosecutor. Wow. So Um, so you're prosecuting some huge cases. Yeah. So I I, I worked on a case um, in the Sixth Circuit, keeping a drug dealer in jail. Uh, I worked on uh, child pornography cases, you know, which are are just, uh, they're they're very hard. The evidence there is, is, is really challenging. But again, it was a, it was a, a unique opportunity to serve uh, to serve my community. Mm. Um, after after doing that, I transitioned. My most recent role, I was the global brand attorney for Oil of Olay at Procter and Gamble, which made me a beauty attorney, which is ridiculous. But uh, you were but, in charge of defending the brand of Oil of Olay. <laughs> that's right. Wow, that's right. It was it's 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 really a wonderful position because you're you're in between R and D. And and the the marketers and the marketers they want to say something like well you know Olay makes you look a hundred years younger if you use this moisturizer. Can we say that Aftab? <laughs> right, exactly. That's the question. So Can you're the guy that? that would say we can't say that. Yeah, of course. I mean, well, if we have the science and the data to back that up, then yeah, let's let's be as aggressive as we can to to move this product and to help people uh, help people use our product. But you know, we, we have to be true to the facts. We have to be true to the data. So it was it was a unique position because. It's it's really the one the one job at PNG that puts you right in between the science and the business, uh, and so you really do have a unique perspective on the challenges and the advantages that each brand is facing. That's interesting. Yeah. What led you to run for clerk of course after? I know. That I know. I think it was the glamour. Uh, really? Yeah. It was the I think the sex appeal. It's a sexy of the, job. It is. It is a sexy job. Yeah. <laughs> no, you know, it was it was my time as an attorney. The courts are special. They're the one place in our government, in our society, where the playing field should be absolutely equal, where it shouldn't matter what you look like, where you're from, how much money you have, where you should get the, the same fair shake across the board. And we all know, while that's our ideal, that rarely happens. Oftentimes, it matters a great deal what you look like, where you're from, or how much money you have. And so it's, all, it's always been important to me that incredibly qualified and passionate people run for or apply for jobs that have an impact on making our courts better, on challenging them to be more efficient, to be more just. And the clerk's office, we joke about it. It's not high profile. You know, it's certainly not leading the headlines in our local, um, in our local press, but it has an inordinate impact on the application and on the access to justice. And that's something that I'm really passionate about as an attorney, as a former federal prosecutor. Uh, you, for all intents and purposes, you you overthrew a big name. I did, yeah. In that office. I and did. since then now, you just recently announced, before we even, just as we were setting up this interview, 
you announced your candidacy for. Yeah, so uh, we've announced that we're going to be running for the the first congressional district uh, to represent uh, the people in, in the first district in Congress and for the United States. The Congress. first congressional district for anyone who doesn't know how the districts are divided. Yeah. The, well, it, I, they wouldn't be. Uh, I wouldn't blame them because our districts are drawn in just an irrational and crazy way. Uh, gerrymandering is a, a word that gets thrown out a lot. Um, and, and it's true. The first congressional district is just incredibly gerrymandered. So it includes the, the western uh, part of the city, um, some of the urban core. It includes some of the northern suburbs. And then for some reason, there's just this little sliver uh, of Indian Hill on the east side. Mm. And then it includes all of Warren County. All of Warren County. Uh, so wow. Yeah. So it's a, it's a cre- I'll say, creatively drawn <laughs> Is Warren County the newest addition to the district? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So I, uh, the district was redrawn in 2010, and the addition was Warren County. Yeah. In a Republican stronghold like Warren County, this is going to be a challenge for you. Yeah, there's no doubt it'll be a challenge. The clerk's race was a challenge. Um, Jeff, I'm a brown dude with a funny name, right? <laughs> My name yeah. is, is Aftab Pureval. Uh, and, and it was the same challenge that we had in the clerk's race. But we ran as hard as we could. We tried to meet voters where they were. So I was in uh, the I, w- I went to the Harrison homecoming parade. I would go all the way out to Anderson Township, meet voters there. I met voters wherever they were. And I just shared my vision and shared my passion. Uh, and that worked out. You know, it's not it's not rocket science. If you do the work, if you meet voters, if you approach them in a genuine way, um, people people tend to be drawn to you and, and your message will resonate. Um, and, and by doing that, I became the first Democrat in over 100 years to be elected the clerk of courts. That's pretty huge. So I'm, I'm no stranger to, to long odds and, and to challenges. And, and we have the same challenge for Congress, but I'm going to apply the same principle, trying to meet as many voters and talking to them about issues that they care about. I overheard a political reporter say, and this is a political reporter who is everywhere, goes to all of the parties, all of the events, yeah. all of the fundraisers, you name it, they're there. And she says, Aftab <laughs> is everywhere. I don't know how he does it. Well, I have a very forgiving fiance, so that has to be said right off the top. Um, she's incredibly supportive. I'm, I'm lucky to have her as a partner. But if, if you want to represent citizens of the first congressional district or the citizens of Hamilton County or the city of Cincinnati, whatever it is, you have to be part of that community. You have to go to the events uh, and not just go begrudgingly, but go and meet as many people as you can and talk to them. But more importantly, listen, listen to the issues that they're frustrated about. Listen to the fact that they're frustrated uh, about the the Western Hills viaduct uh, and their commute is being disrupted because of that, about the Brent Spence Bridge these local issues that have a profound effect that folks in Congress can really address and make better. Let's talk about living in the community that you represent. You've gotten flack from people who say that you don't live in the community that you want to represent. Yeah, absolutely. So right off the bat, Jeff, I live downtown. Um, I live in a a, a beautiful apartment downtown with my fiance. Um, and, And more to the point, ever since law school, we went through my bio. Ever since law school, I've lived in the community for about a decade. Uh, I've served as a federal prosecutor, as a special assistant United States attorney, keeping the people of Hamilton County and the 1st Congressional District safe. I've served as an attorney for Procter & Gamble right here in Cincinnati as the global brand attorney for Oil of LA. And currently, as the clerk of courts for Hamilton County, I represent two-thirds of the district. I think it's important that the people 
uh, that we represent know who I am. And the voters of the 1st Congressional District, they know who I am. Because as you've already mentioned, I'm out in the community as much as anybody. But you're not legally required to live in the community. You're not. You're not. You're not. But but I do. I live in the 1st Congressional District. And I'm excited about meeting as many voters and many residents of the district as possible. What was the biggest surprise for you when you took office, the clerk of courts? Yeah, I mean, I would say two things. The first is just how incredibly selfless the employees of the clerk's office were and are. So when I first started, people in the clerk's office were making $21,000 a year. So that's poverty wages for a family of four. Our public servants living and working, many of them in poverty. Uh, But even in spite of that, I've been inspired by how these public servants come into work every single day and work their tails off to try and provide the best customer service they can and to try and help navigate people through the very bureaucratic and very confusing clerk's office. That's why it was really important for me to treat our employees with dignity. And so as a result, we've increased wages to a livable wage of at least $30,000 a year. Uh, we have we didn't even have a maternity leave policy when I first started. I mean, that's really shocking. Now we have comprehensive paid family leave, maternity, paternity. A lot of our employees are taking care of sick uh, parents. Now they have sick leave, so they don't have to decide whether to take care of a sick loved one uh, by their bedside or come into work for being fear of, of, of being fired. And we've protected our LGBT employees as well. And yet after all of that, Jeff, we still saved the county nearly $1 million. So it is possible to treat your employees with dignity and also to save money. And the second thing that I've been surprised at, I come with a private sector perspective, right? A P&G kind of management, budgeting, marketing perspective, customer service. And what I've been really surprised at, and this is not a political issue between Republicans, Democrats, it's a, it's a, a government issue. There is no appetite for risk in government. All bureaucrats, all the politicians, whether they're Republican and Democrats, they're very risk averse. At P&G, if the risk is less than 50% and the upside is, you know, a better bottom line, you're going to take that risk. Mm. In government, if the risk is, you know, 5%, yeah. <laughs> you're probably not going to make that well, the, decision. Well, the political so implications that's a real challenge. Of, of screwing that up that's are exactly so right. high. So people are very risk averse. Yeah. Um, but my, my whole ph- philosophy in going into the clerk's office is to create intentional change, to leverage technology, to try and make the office more efficient, to improve customer service. And some of that is risky, there's no doubt, but I think our the results speak for themselves. We've been able to launch a new website, the first one in over 20 years, uh, which which had all kinds of security flaws, all, all kinds of user interface issues. We've been able to cut fees, improve services, put more services online. I'm incredibly proud of what we've achieved so far. You've been described as the, the biggest threat to the GOP machine in decades. But what makes you different than any other establishment Democrat? I don't know. Um, I guess I've I've heard that too, and that that always kind of surprises me um, because I don't think I'm very threatening, <laughs> right? I guess what makes me unique is that I had a career in the private sector. Uh, I had to compete at uh, in a company, a global company in the global marketplace. I understand what businesses. Uh, what their challenges are, what their advantages are. I understand what a, a well-managed, efficient office looks like. And I think people uh, people see that, see that I'm genuine about that. 
whatever their political philosophy. Um, I enjoy a lot of uh, support from Republican circles. Uh, They understand that I'm a reasonable person that just wants to do a really good job. You get a lot of financial support from Republicans. Yeah. So a lot of folks uh, volunteer for me. Some folks Mm -hmm. contribute to me. I mean, I'm I'm incredibly proud of the fact that we have bipartisan support. And if you look at the record in the clerk's office, while I'm a Democrat, we've actually reduced the size of the clerk's office. We've reduced the size of government and and have been able to save to the tune of nearly a million dollars in taxpayer funds. So in this in this political season um, and environment where particularly our national politics is so toxic, so partisan, so broken, um, I think people see us as a voice of reason um, and as a vo- voice of change. I have to say, person after person I talk to, and I've met you here in this building, we've worked on social projects yeah. together, we've run into each other at different events, and you have always been just incredibly uh, nice and engaging and, and genuinely interested and connected, and I hear that from other people constantly. Well, that's very flattering. And Thank you, you so could, much. But you could do anything you wanted to. To do why public service? Yeah, there's a lot of abuse, as <laughs> you know. There is. You know, when I was when I was first talking to folks, particularly early on about running for the clerk's office, they would say, "Are you crazy? Right? You're you're going to run for an office no one cares about um, in a in a tough a tough district politically against an opponent that can't be beaten. And oh, by the way, you have an unpronounceable name and no one knows who you are. And to do all that, you have to leave your job at Procter and Gamble." What are you thinking? Are you crazy? Yeah. What are you thinking? And that was just my mom saying. Oh, wow. (laughs) She's still hoping that I go to med school. Um, Even from a young age, I've known that um, my passion and um, my interest in having a meaningful life, and the way I define that is trying to impact the community that I'm living in uh, for the better. I've always believed the best opportunity to do that is public service. Mm. And so you're right, Jeff, there's, it's tough, right? Being in in the public eye is incredibly tough, trying to change uh, a bureaucratic and entrenched bureaucracy like the courthouse is incredibly, is incredibly tough. Running for the United States Congress is tough. It's hard, but it should be hard. I like that it's hard because if you really want to stand up and say, I'm the one that should represent this community of people, then you better be prepared to sacrifice for it. Because at its core, public service is about sacrifice. It's about sacrifice for the greater good. And I don't know, man, I know that politics can be really dysfunctional and can be really uh, insidious, but it's hard not to be inspired by that thought, by the the fact that whomever you are, you can stand up in this country, whether you're the son of a a refugee or whether uh, you've been uh, a Cincinnatian for 50 uh, generations. No matter who you are, you can stand up and say, These are my ideas. These are my values. I'm asking for your vote. That's what makes our country great. Coming up next, the more human side of Aftab Puraval. He talks about the love of his life, the TV show he can't get enough of, and his take on second date update of all things next. We'll be back with more person of interest in a moment. And now... Person of Interest with Q102's Jeff Thomas continues. Welcome back to Person of Interest. We're talking with Aftab Pureval, Hamilton County's Clerk of Courts, who defied the odds by overthrowing one of the most recognizable names in Hamilton County politics when he won that seat in 2016. 
Now he's running for Congress, and we have pretty much spent the last 20 minutes hearing from Aftab the politician. But what about Aftab the regular guy? What do you do when you're not working? <laughs> I love to I love to hang out with my friends and, and family. Do you have any time? Um, do you have a, Do you have a lot of free time? No, I don't. I don't. Yeah. So in addition to all of that, my fiance and I are, are planning our wedding. Uh, it's going to be taking place in May. Uh, we're competing with the royal wedding. <laughs> yeah. Does she know what she's getting into? <laughs> she does. She does. She's incredibly supportive, as I mentioned. Where did you um, meet her? Incredibly loving. She hates it when I tell this story, but I'm, I'm going to go ahead and do it. Uh, so hopefully she doesn't listen to this podcast. But we met at Neons. Uh, we met All at, right. Yeah, we met at Neons. We wow. met the old-fashioned way, the analog way, no dating apps or websites. Uh, we were both at Neons uh, one night and uh, several years ago. I, Jeff, I wish I had a charming or engaging line, but I just said, hey, my name's Aftab. It's nice to meet you. What's your name? Uh, and the rest is history. Uh, you said the exact same thing to me when I first met you. <laughs> well, it turned out very different. It did right? turn out differently. It did. <laughs> so, so like, how long did you, were you just sort of friends? Like, at what point did you say, you know, were you interested right away in her or did some time pass before? Right you? away, I was interested. Really? Um, and she's a catch. She's a, a doctor here uh, in town. Uh, at the time, she was applying for residency programs. So I, I had to pursue her. So it took all of my... Uh, what what charm and wit that I have, um, but I, I wore it down. I wore it down. So she moved moved to Cincinnati uh, to pursue our relationship a few years ago, and she fell in love with the city the same way that I did. And um, and we're getting married. I I couldn't be happier. Wow. She really is my soulmate. But the one the one thing that I am sad about is now that we're in a happier relationship, getting married. My my dreams of being on second date update are over. Yeah, I dashed. I, I, I just just crushed. I mean, it's just. I don't know. I, we, we've had some married guys end up oh, on second date update. Jeff, I won't be one of those guys. Okay. You are incredibly talented, though, man. Because whenever I listen to second date update, the woman picks up the phone. It's early in the morning. I'm sh- I'm sure she doesn't want to talk, and it's an awkward situation. But you're really good. At coaxing the person into the conversation and and having them open up. I mean, you you got a talent, man. Well, here's what second date update. We got to be very careful because we want them to we want them to come on and we want them to talk to us. So there is a bit of we you have to disarm them a little bit. Yeah. But then if you find out that the person you're talking to is this horrible human being <laughs> who is up to no good, you can't you can't really judge them. Yeah. Because then you make them sorry they came on exactly. and then nobody's going to come on. You're so very good at that. I mean the the no judgment, the supportive, the persuasion. Try to be. Every now and then you can hear a little snark in my voice or you can tell <laughs> when I'm annoyed. Well, every now and then you're you're right to be snarky. I mean I'm, I'm sure I've uh, been guilty of yelling at the radio as I'm listening to some of these stories. So, so you hang out with your friends. You're, you're planning the wedding of the century. Oh no, no, no! It'll be it'll be a modest affair with with our loved ones. Um, but I'm really looking forward to it. I, you know, there's there's so few times in your life where every single person that you've that you've met uh, who's special to you throughout the journey of your life comes together in one place. Worlds are going to collide. Yeah, uh, and I'm so. I'm so looking forward to sharing Cincinnati with them, sharing uh, this this special moment in our lives between Whitney and 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 myself. It's it's going to be a wonderful wonderful few days. What are you and Whitney binge watching on television right now? So we have very very different tastes oh. in TV. So yeah. then you have two TVs in your house. We have yes we do. Um, but the thing that we both love uh, and it's totally mindless and it's a quick hit. Is comedians in cars getting coffee? Oh, Jerry, Jerry Seinfeld. Seinfeld. Yeah. yeah, it is just Jeff. It's 
it's usually around 15 minutes and it's someone, you know, really interesting like Chris Rock or, or whomever. And I just, I love um, seeing behind the scenes with two comedians just kind of breaking down comedy, mm. breaking down what it's like to try and break into the industry. There's a lot of similarities I see between that and politics, believe it or not, because it's all about getting up there right. and being totally vulnerable. And, you know, maybe there's a risk that you're going to look like an idiot, Yeah, but it's it's your passion. You're driven by it. Um, and it's just about the reps, about getting up there and trying to meet as many people. Politicians are notoriously guarded and showing their human side. What would you say is the most embarrassing thing that you'd, if I, if I was to sit Whitney down and say, what does he do oh, that gosh. just embarrasses the daylights out of you? I have embarrassing tastes in television and in movies. It's less so now because I don't have time, but I was a big fan of The Bachelor and Bachelorette. Uh, really? Yes, just just uh, embarrassingly big fan. So I would, I just, I, Jeff, I loved watching it. I get a kick of just the cheese factor, yeah. of the schmaltz of it. I, I think it's, I think it's interesting. Sometimes I get wrapped up in the storylines. Obviously, it's, it's, it's incredibly funny. And then from a, a movie perspective, I'm a, uh, I'm embarrassingly big fan of romantic comedies. Before we started, we were talking about You've Got Mail, Crazy Stupid Love, right. the golden age of rom com, rom coms when Harry met Sally. I mean, this is this is my Tom wheelhouse. Tom Hanks and Ryan. Yeah, That's this it, is really. Yeah, this is uh, throwing a good rom com after a long day. Who knew nice that you were relaxing. such a sensitive guy? <laughs> I don't know about that. My fiance, on the other hand, is totally totally the opposite. She loves weird, kind of quirky sci fi movies. Uh, so we often have to come to a compromise. Yeah. Um, going back to The Bachelor, yeah. have you ever imagined yourself in the position, of course, prior to your relationship with Whitney? Yeah, sure. You, sure, sure if sure. you were on The Bachelorette yes. as a competing bachelor, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you're a good-looking, charismatic guy. How yeah, would you play that kind differently? Man. How would I play How that How would you play that? I think the gimmicks... Never, never come through. No, I maybe I've thought about this too much. So there's two different approaches, right? There's the approach of okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get the girl. I'm, I'm really genuinely looking for love. And then there's the folks who just want to be a TV star. Right. So in order to be a TV star, you've got to kind of stick out with the gimmicks. So people will on that first meeting in the first day when they walk out of the, uh, when they walk out of the limo, people are dressed up, you know, as all sorts of things and costumes and try and make a big scene. I think those people are just trying to be a TV star. But if you are genuinely looking for love, there should there should be no difference in how you approach it in real life versus the versus TV. So I would I would probably the same way uh, I met my wife. <laughs> I would probably just walk up, uh, approach her, try and make her laugh. Uh, Self deprecating humor always works in my experience. Probably make fun of my name or or make fun of the fact that I'm the clerk of courts. Uh, and and just try and get to know her and, and ask her about herself. Was so, there, was there? I was going to say, like, is there a pitch? Because in politics, if you're at a if you're at a fundraiser in in someone's home, right. You sort of give a speech. You tell them a little bit about yourself. Are there similarities in how you pursued Whitney? Did you put no. those political skills to work <laughs> no, to try to win her over? I did not. No, I'm um, embarrassingly ill-equipped. I mean, she's my kryptonite. She. Sees right through me. Um, she uh, she really has a, a unique ability to make me utterly vulnerable, um, and that's I think one of the biggest reasons why I love her. 
I wish she was here to answer this question. Do you think she's ready for this crazy ride? I hope so. She saw the clerk of courts race. She knows the challenges of it. She was with you through all of that. She's with me through all of it. Incredibly yeah. supportive. She's a professional herself um, and has a really demanding job uh, caring for incredibly sick people in the hospital. And so oftentimes, you know, people will say, is she is she really ready for this? And when I ask her about it, she just kind of rolls her eyes and says, Aftab, yeah, you're the clerk of courts, but I'm dealing with life and death this situations every yeah. single day. So wow. I think she's equipped. Where do you see yourself 10 years from now? I don't see myself in a specific office or a specific point in my career. My, my North Star, uh, my guiding principle and uh, value has always been to try and be useful and to try and be kind. Uh, from the useful front Whatever it is, whatever office I'm in, whether I'm in politics or not, I'm going to continue to try and make Cincinnati, Hamilton County, the tri-state area as good as it possibly can be in whatever capacity that is. And I'm confident that my friends and family around me will continue to, to challenge me to be a kind, generous, and empathetic person. So if I can accomplish those two things in 10 years, I'll be happy. That and I'd like to have some kids. So uh, Whitney and I are are talking about that. Uh, obviously, uh, the campaign um, and, and running the clerk's office are, are uh, stresses on time. But I talk to my friends who have kids and they say there's never a good time to have kids. You just kind of have to do it. And, and it's, it's a dream of Whitney and mine to be parents. So uh, we'll be pursuing that very, very soon. Aftab Pureval, thanks for coming on Person of Interest. Thanks so much for having me. Person of Interest is produced by Natalie Jones. If you found today's guests and the subject matter as interesting as we did, send us an email to POI, which stands for Person of Interest, POI at WKRQ.com. And feel free to make a suggestion for a future Person of Interest. We'll be producing more of these episodes in the coming months, so be sure to check back and don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes. Until next time, for Person of Interest, I'm Jeff Thomas. Thanks for listening. These are the people behind the stories that matter to you. Thanks for listening to Q102's Person of Interest with Jeff Thomas.